Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Vicacelli. Hi there, and thank you for joining us here on Answering the Call on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. And you can hear us streaming live at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Elizabeth Ficicelli, host for the program, and delighted to be here with you as always. And as you may know, um, our diocese is blessed to have another religious community of sisters join us. They are the Little Servant Sisters of the Immaculate Conception, um, originally uh, founded in Poland. Um, these sisters have arrived a month ago in our diocese. They are serving at Holy Family Parish downtown in Columbus. And my interview today is going to be with Sister Bojena. So, Sister, welcome to Answering the Call. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for inviting me for this call. Well, as soon as I saw your picture in the Catholic Times, I knew I had to call and, and get yet another sister in the program. We, we very much value your vocation. And as our, our listeners can hear, Sister, your English is wonderful. Thank um, you. And that's because she's actually spent some time in America. But I want to rewind her story back uh, to the beginning, back to Poland. Um, I'll give you a little background on Sister. She comes from a small town an hour outside of Warsaw. Right. Her parents were dairy farmers. She's the oldest of four children, and she came from what she described as an average Catholic family. And, Sister, where I'd like to start your story today is from the beginning of your high school career when you met a religious sister who would have a profound impact on you. So tell us about her. Uh, her name was Sister Mateja. It's a little different for Polish language, which is called uh, Mateusza. And, uh, well, she was my religious teacher, and... Back then in Poland, we have religious education a part of the regular curriculum classes, so which was regular high school class. And um, the way she acts out, it was just amazing. She was just very, very normal. I always thought sisters, nuns, or priests, they kind of weird people. And I experienced <laughs> the same thing even now uh, from, uh, from lay people, from others, on myself. I do experience that people think that, you know, we're kind of weird. It's just because we were habits or the way we sometimes uh, speak out. You know, the way we speak about Jesus and Mary and all religion. But uh, unfortunately, we are normal people. And she was, Sister Matea, she was very normal. And in the classroom, uh, when we have class together, we even tease her a number of times. We were asking different questions like, what kind of underwear you wear underneath? Are they have to be black or something? <laughs> And, uh, well, she has idea that maybe the number of us are a little interested about, a little bit more than everybody else. So mm-hmm. she uh, had a little trip to the general house in Poland, which is uh, like eight to ten hours away from my house. So I and I kind of knew I I I don't think I'm going to get permission from my parents. So I have to lie my parents that I'm going to spend uh a weekend in my friend's house. And well, let, we, let's ask, why mm-hmm. were you hesitant to tell your parents? Why Would they not have been happy to think, oh, my daughter is thinking of religious life? Probably so much my father. He was, oh, I mean, he was, uh, like I say, average religious family. We were, you know, going Sunday church, Easter, mm-hmm. Christmas, but there was nothing really particular special. And every time my father always thought that sisters were not educated what that was one thing and okay. that i think are servers mm. that they serve people and 
I would always uh, kind of uh, have in well, my father also expressed that every time you see a nun somewhere, it means something's not gonna you know work out. And it happened to me that we were somewhere visiting my aunt. And back then, we did not have uh, telephones. So we saw a nun walking on the street. And he said, gee, I guess my sister's not going to be home. And when we reached to the point, oh, she was no. absent. Oh, my gosh. It was so just probably, he had this I know. notion in his head. Exactly. And, and so he... He didn't want. He wanted his daughter to be educated. He didn't want his daughter to to and be a, be a server, server, servant and of, to be of a other server. People. And I, it w- I always heard that from him. He was always he was always want to be uh, me to be in a business something to to you know, to to make money. I'd say my father. He he was uh, I would call a trader. He loved horses and mm-hmm. he was uh, buying and also selling them. He was fanatic for horses. Mm-hmm. He it was just amazing how uh, much knowledge he had about horses too. So he, since I was the oldest one, he, I don't think he would like me to be a nun. And even though we only tease her, I don't really have any ideas that I want to become a nun that time. But uh, I was afraid to say to my parents. Okay, so you here you are in high school, you get this invitation to mm-hmm. go to this sister's community and, and right. see that closer. Yes. So you connive this plan to do that exactly. all right so how'd that go down and when we went there with some other um you know classmates there there's also one uh, young lady that she uh, joanna she became a carmelite hmm. although she was no one would even imagine that joanna could be a, a sister i could be now full of life i mean joking teasing but that's i i believe right now that's who the really sisters announce are and uh, when we went there i just the moment we walk into chapel, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's who I am. That, my, my also, back to my father, he was always saying that I am a different. I was kind of weird. And I, I mean, he doesn't know. He always said, I don't understand what you mean by this and that a number of times. And then I thought in my mind when when I went to the chapel and saw the sisters praying, I say, yes, I am like they are. I am different. He's right. Mm. And, you know, the thoughts came to me. He is right. I am like the, the sisters. And from that moment, I just felt inside that oh, that could be my calling. That could be my calling to becoming uh, religious. And back to again, uh, I never expressed myself, actually, uh, Elizabeth, when we were speaking a little bit before um, about the rosary. Rosary, it was something that actually led me to uh, my vocation. I start um, praying rosary just over and over Hail Marys and and then trying to remember the mistress of the rosary and they kind of helped me to lead my life through it. There were parts in my life that I say, I wonder if this is a sorrowful mystery that I'm going through right now or this is a, a, oh, a okay. glorious mystery. And so it, it really rosary helped me. And up today, as a little servant sister, it, it's the rosary we pray daily. And it's just, it keeps me going. It keeps me going. That's interesting. Yeah. So again, back from the um, the chapel with the sisters, there were uh, Borromeo sisters from St. Charles Borromeo. Mm-hmm. There's not a big number of them. There are more like 400 of them in Poland. But they, they really do a beautiful work, beautiful job. Unfortunately, uh, I am not able to become one of them because, again, my father was so... Um, Against well, so, and did you do this? so? You you have this experience, this revelation, being mm-hmm. among this community that boy, 
I think I found my identity, that I am called to this kind of a lifestyle, maybe n- not this particular order, but this right. kind of a community living and all. So you did come home and you did tell your parents what you were thinking and what was their well, response? Not, or did you? not from very first moment. I was just, you know, kind of trying to understand if this is exactly what I want to do. I was still young. I was 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So I knew I can't just tell my mom and my dad that, well, I want to become a nun. Because I, I just, you know, there is something that we know about our parents. They, they're going to say, forget it. <laughs> this isn't going to go exactly. well. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Although I started expressing myself a little bit or even, um, you know, kind of uh, having more prayers and going to the church more often. So my mom, she, she's so opposite than my father. It's two different people almost. Mm-hmm. Yes. One is um, very, I would say, choleric. And the other one is very slow thing. So she understood probably as a mother also, she probably understand me a little bit more. So she said it was a part in, in, in her life that she saw me, um, you know, heading in this direction. But then she told me that when she was young, she also had a thought that she wanted to become a sister. Mm, okay. But she said a lot of young women have this. And that doesn't mean you do have vocation and you want to, you, you should already, you, you quickly you should become a sister. So I thought, and, and then she also said to me, along with my father later on, that you don't understand sisters, they just need a server, servants, they just need the people to, to do work. And we want a best for you. We are your parents. Who knows better than we do for you what's really good for you? So I kind of thought, well, they're probably right. So my father, he came up with an idea that, uh, you know what? Little Poland and little town where I live, it's not the whole world. Mm-hmm. I want to show you a world before you decide it, before you're going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I say, let's go to America. And that summer on June 2nd, um, at six, I came to United States. My aunt, she lives here. My mom's sister with her husband and her two sons, she lives here. And I have to say it was it was amazing uh, coming to this country because uh, back then Poland was, well, I have to say, a lot poorer and different stage of life. So I just started loving America. And especially the best part was when my father gave me a, a little plastic cart which called credit card now, but back then I did not understand what was done. And he said, you can go and use this card if you want to, instead of money. Mm-hmm. So I went with one of my friends to Manhattan, New York, and we spent almost like $1,000. <laughs> well, not even imagining that we really spending a money. Right. So okay. when we came home and later, you know, the bill came, my father, he was just so furious <laughs> because it was $1,000. Welcome to America. I say, I'm sorry, I do not spend anything. I mean, you just told, told me to use this card and this is it. So it was, it was a little fun. It was a little fun. So, now, so I want to kind of get back into this, this, because I know when you came to America and you're, okay, you're learning American mm-hmm. life and, and you're working and all, but that, desire about religious life did not go away. In fact, it would be a, a long internal battle for you. So kind of summarize how, how that was for you, trying, tr- trying to kind of listen to your parents, but having that desire still inside you. Right. Yes. I have to say that again, I, even though I, I love the country, I love the way of life in here. And, um, but something inside you, it was still back and forth. I mean, every time I go some kind of party or or um, meeting a young man's, 
you know, trying to maybe decided to get married or, or looking in, in life or, or even going to college. But back and forth, it was, it was actually a fight that a number of times when I expressed myself that I still feel this desire to become a sister, um, my friends, they were telling me, listen, that not you, you can, you, you don't understand. There is something in, in human that um, other people know about you, but you don't know about yourself. And also there are other people don't know about you and you don't know and you know yourself. So I thought, well, maybe they write. Maybe they maybe there is a part that I don't see in myself that I, I cannot, you know, become a sister. I can't be a nun. I can't. So I have to say that I even visit psychologists mm-hmm. because there is a moment that I wake up in the morning and I say, yes, I don't know what I'm still doing on this world. I, I, I just really have to, you know, put myself self together and and just go visit convents and, and stay there. And then another day I wake up and I say, no, I don't think I can be a nun. Mm. It's too, it's the life of nun. It's too tough. It's different. I, I never experienced, but I see how sister lives and I say, I don't think I can live like they are. So, well, but I have to say the uh, experience with the psychologist, it was just really, uh, awful thing. I, I think he probably had a nice experience, but it wasn't me. It and wasn't helpful. No, it didn't give you the answers. No, I called to one of sisters from, um, Texas, um, one of a sister, um, Seraphian sisters, that she, and I, she say, I don't understand why you even do this. I mean, if you got a heart, if you got, if you got, if your heart hurts, call to the doctor. Right. I mean, to the right doctor, you should, you should call to a priest. And since you are fighting with, you know, about your vocation, you should call to a priest or nuns and, and talk to them, not the psychologist. Right. That's great. I, that's really, really, uh, I think, sound advice. If you're just tuning in, we're talking mm-hmm. with Sister Bojena of the Little Servant Sisters of the Immaculate Conception. She's sharing her uh, vocation story here on Answering the Call. So, Sister, I, you know, I, I really was impacted as you were sharing about your 10-year inner turmoil going on. And, and finally, I think you got to that point where you said, I, I've got to test this. And, and so right. you would. And um, I just kind of find it terribly ironic how <laughs> you will find yourself in this community, this little servant sisters after your father said he didn't want you to become a servant. It's almost like the, God's right. sense of humor yes, is, this is word just... <laughs> servant, right? Yes. It's right there. But how... Tell us how that happened, how this particular order would finally capture you. Uh, yes. Uh, in in New Jersey, there is uh, a pilgrimage that happened every year um, from uh, Great Meadows, uh, New Jersey, to Dolestown, Pennsylvania, which is uh, Blessed Virgin of Chanstehova. Mm-hmm. And it's a four-day walk. We're sleeping in a, a tents in the parks, which is really amazing experience because it's it's very hot, but and it's like four, three thousand people. Sometimes even more of a number of people um, comes for this uh, event, and I start doing it. So, I first year I went for the pilgrimage, and I met the sister from Texas. And Sister Christiana, and she, uh, you know, have a lot of conversations with me. I spent so much money over the phone calls with her, <laughs> really. I mean, like sometimes weeks, months, like $400, $500 every, every month for the mm. phone calls. But she helped me so much, and I'm so grateful to Sister Christiana. With very basic, even with very basic. And then there was a time that I kind of said, I have to do something with my life. I, I just can't, you know, let my father to control me. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I'm going to do this quietly. 
I'm not going to speak with anybody else. So kind of, no one really knew that I want to become a sister. My best friend, she thought I, ha- I met somebody important, but mm-hmm. I say, when the time comes, I'm going to invite you. You will meet each other. Because <laughs> uh, you had met someone important. It just wasn't exactly, what she was thinking. Exactly, okay. <laughs> exactly. So um, I kind of decided that, uh, I'm, like I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this quietly. I uh, connect with the Little Servant Sisters. Uh, I also met them on a pilgrimage. And, and uh, Sister Teresa, she was the one. She really helped me a lot because... Even the, the time when I was thinking to, to going back and forth to uh, Texas, to the sisters in Texas, I, I figure I can't do this because it's too far. I mean, you, you know, flying and flying is not my best part of uh, experience. <laughs> okay. So I figure maybe I can find a, a community somewhere here in New Jersey since I met the Little Servant Sisters. And Sister Elizabeth and Sister Teresa, they give me a hand. They help me a lot with... Uh, kind of selling everything since I did own a car and an apartment and I had a job here and I was also in school that time so they helped me how I can just kind of let it go everything it was very beautiful experience I have to tell you when no one really knew that I was letting go uh, all my furniture TVs why I was do- I was I tell all my friends that I'm I'm having I'm, I'm getting a new job far away mm-hmm. so uh you know uh I'm just giving these things away to you. You don't have to pay me anything. And to but and it, you, if, if because this community mm-hmm. to formally enter, you're going to have to go to Poland back to the mother house. Right, so you were exactly. planning to just kind of go over to Poland, not really mention it to dad or to mom. Exactly. But they would find out. Yes, it was my dad find out this that I was getting ready to become a sister. Um, on Sunday, when I had already ticket on Wednesday. To Poland, and the reason he find out it's kind of funny because uh, you need uh, a papers from your parish priest that you are Catholic that you you know attend the church. Mm-hmm. So when he was giving me these papers, the priest of the parish that I belong, he know my aunt, so he kind of share with my aunt, and then my aunt share with my father, mm-hmm. and so it was a little chaos. So when my father find out that uh, I am become going to become a sister's sister, but. Um, the moment he finds out, I just said, this is it, Dad, you can't control me anymore. Don't you see I'm 26 years old and I can't put my life together? And and he was like, okay, is that if this is your choice? I mean, maybe before he he actually said, is that okay? I We were driving in a car actually that day and I just stopped car. I say, you have to leave from the car. You leave it right now or you stop telling me what to do anymore. Yeah, you had hit that point. And, you know, making mm-hmm. a decision to enter a religious life is is a, a radical enough decision, scary, and, and to, to do it without that initial support of the loved ones, I'm, I'm sure, had to have been um, very difficult. But <clears throat> you, like so many people have gone before you, heard that call and said, I got to answer the call. I got yes, to do that. Yes. And you would go over uh, to Poland. You'd, you'd enter religious life in 1999. That's um, actually the year the founder of your yes, or, uh, founder organization was ba- beatified. beatified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe another confirmation for you that this is what God wanted for you. Um, I, I always liked to, to have the happy endings, though, and hear the happy endings. And your mm-hmm. father would come to be uh, to embrace this more. So you went to Poland. That was your first three years in formation. And then you'd be sent to America to continue it. So share how it got resolved with your dad. 
Well, my father, uh, finally, he accepted. He saw me being really happy. When I came home uh, during the formation in Poland, I, even though my father, he was that time in America, but then he came home. And when he saw me being peaceful, happy, and really joyful, and, and tell you the truth, uh, when you, there is a moment in your life that when you cross this barrier that you're fighting through, it's real it's such a peace that comes to your heart. Mm-hmm. It feels like, oh my gosh, I should do this long time ago. So, and and as he as a father, I guess he's so in me. It wasn't really fake. It wasn't really like you know. Right. I was so, and I see that I am really. And he kind of feel honor actually. I have to say when I visit our church and during the mass, the parish priest he announced about you know my becoming a sister. And so my father, he felt like he was very proud. So he did give me a blessing. He said, I'm very happy for you. And I'm sorry that I really fight with you at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. He just couldn't understand. He never really knew any sisters or even, you know, close relation with the priest. So he doesn't really have, uh, you know, any idea who the priest and nuns really are. Mm -hmm. And eight years ago, he passed away. Right. So actually, the year that I had my final vows... Um, in August, my father passed away in November. So he just gave me a blessing mm. and he went peacefully to Isn't heaven. That beautiful. So I think, uh, you, I, I would say, um, it was, it was God providence. I, uh, when I live in the United States in America for a number of years, actually without my parents, uh, Mary, she was my mother a number of times. I say, Mary, listen, now, my mom, she's far away. I'm young. I really need you. I mean, you, you're you going to have to take care of me because, you know, world in Jersey, I also have really huge connection to Manhattan, New mm-hmm. York. It was like on, almost on the border, Jersey and Manhattan. So my youth it was basically on Manhattan, New York, mm-hmm. which is a very wild city. So mm-hmm. I can end up really badly. So I have to say that... Um, Mary, she really watched over me. She has. That lady watched over me. And that's where, in New Jersey, you mentioned that's where um, you began serving. First of all, you were, um, your final profession of vows was 2007. Yes. Like you said, your dad died shortly after. Um, you, you came to America you know, for, for to serve. And how many years in New Jersey? 11 years I work as a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. And then last uh, two years I work as the director of the religious education at St. Thomas More Parish in okay. New Jersey, Cherry Hill. And then, as I said in the beginning, just a month ago, you've come here to yes. our diocese. Yes. Um, you'll be at Holy Family yes. and working with the youth down there. What In what capacity will you be serving Columbus? Uh, well, the, the, the main point why we came to uh, Ohio um, and uh, this parish, maybe not exactly particularly parish, but on the East Broad where we live in the building, it's a huge building. And there is it's, – it's a convent, and then they're part of the um, – convent is attached building which we plan to build a preschool so that's the main point what we're going to do we we plan opening a preschool for uh, for uh, um, children here okay and i know that's a big charism is is working with the the very youngest children and, yes. and being in the formation of yes. them and then as they grow they will be able to exactly. pass that on it's a great foundation for for the young children it's a great foundation and even through the little children we can catechize uh, the parents as well as beautiful, well. beautiful. Thank well, you. I can tell you um, that it, it's exciting to to have you in our diocese, to have you with us. And again, I, I just as I listen to your story and and how you stayed faithful to that calling and all that turmoil, 
but it worked out in God's timing. I know sometimes people look back and say, why didn't I do that 10 years ago? But we know God has perfect timing. Exactly. And it was meant to be you needed some experience in that, some lessons in that. What would you say to another maybe young woman who is also considering religious life? Well, I would probably say the most important part, do not be afraid to trust God. (laughs) Give your life to the Lord and you receive hundredfold because that's exactly how I felt. At the very beginning, I was afraid to serve, but tell you the truth, it's not, it's not I am serving people. It's actually I have been served. Mm-hmm. I have been served by so many people, even the children, how much I experienced love and, and, and just, you know, wonderful uh, thoughts from, and, and, and gifts of um, sharing from other people. It's amazing. It's amazing. So do not be afraid. Well, I'm saying that also in this, it's going to be a lot of struggles. So uh, God is not promising us it's going to be easy. But in everything, he's always there with us. Mm. He's always there with us. So every step we do, he is with me. Well, you know, sister, I have yet to meet someone who uh, married single or religious who's ever said their life was easy. So (laughs) I think we all share that. We we don't know what we're entering into, um, but we know, as you said, trust God and he will see us through. And I think you are a beautiful example of that. And again, we're so blessed to have you. Um, Now, if you would just help us to end this beautiful discussion with a prayer. Yes, yes, I would love to. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, as I thank you for the gift of life and my vocation, I also thank you for the gift of wonderful people I have met along this journey. Some of them inspire me, stretch me, maybe challenge me, love me, encourage me. All of them help me to realize how meaningful and beautiful my life is. I love them so much. Bless them, Lord, with good health, great faith, Hope, peace, and joy through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you again, Thank you, uh, Sister Bojana. Beautiful. This is Elizabeth Ficacelli answering the call. Tune in Tuesdays and Sundays, 1230, for another edition. Have a great week. God bless. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficacelli are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, sancti.